Welcome to the Run Run Live 4.0 podcast, where we plumb the daily adventure of endurance sports. Let us seize this precious moment together and squeeze the life from it like a golden lemon sent to us fresh today from the emissaries of the gods. Terribly happy guy Then he ate a moldy pumpkin pie Then he thought that he just couldn't die So Ned, he laughed so hard and made him Hello and welcome, my friends, to a new year, and there will be no net new episode this week for several reasons, in no particular order. First, it was the holidays for me. Second, I was on vacation this week from work, and third, I had a cold all week, and I could go on making up rationalizations like a crazy man listing Alternate realities on the street corner of a dirty industrial zone, but I will leave it there. Probably the biggest reason we're not doing a regular show is that I didn't find anybody to talk to, didn't find an interview. So instead today, since I know, you know, you need something for your holidays from Chris here, right? You, you want to hear my voice. I'm going to catch you up on my training and give you some frameworks to think about for your beginning of the year retrenchment. On the training front, I have continued to increase my mileage, and the knee feels good. I do notice a couple of little twinges here and there still, but, you know, especially when I'm towing off, up a, going up a hill, but nothing crazy. It's getting better. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm slow. I'm unfit. I'm heavy. But I had a really good week of training, and I feel very confident about this training cycle and about the future. And I've been getting some solid runs in and a lot of cross-training. A couple of those little peaks, right, where I'm out running and I'm like, huh, I remember what this feels like. And I have been following the Galloway-based plan, and it's three runs a week. So my long run last weekend was 11 miles, 11 and a half miles. And it's funny how all these training plans, even these Galloway plans, they converge and what I mean by that is that the elements of this plan are the same as any other plan. When you look at it from the building block perspective, it's three days a week. One day is basically speed work. The other day is tempo. And the third day is a long run. And they call it something different, but that's what it is. And in between days are cross training, maybe some pool running, biking, swimming, some walking, that sort of stuff. And the Galloway part of the plan is taking walk breaks. And that's the real difference, and we've talked about that before. The actual plan structure, though, is the same as most marathon training plans that are based on a weekly cadence, right? Speed, tempo, long, cross-training to build base. And it's a two-week macro cycle, 
What do I mean by that? I mean that the long run gets longer every other week. So you're doing week on, week off, right? Long week, fall back. And this every other week macro cycle is good as well uh, because it's designed to give you the most recovery possible. So I'm getting at least a day of recovery between workouts. The workouts are pretty easy and uh, I get a week of recovery in the macro cycle. So it's all about recovery and, and gaining mileage without stress. So the four days that you're not running, they're supposed to be cross-training. And the plan isn't all that prescriptive about cross-training. Uh, you can bike, you can walk, you can swim, or any other type of light cardio. But the plan really likes pool running as a cross-training workout. And pool running is basically going in the deep end of the pool and going doing the running motion. I've written posts on this before. It's actually really good for you. It gives you many of the benefits of running and some resistance without any stress on the joints. So why am I training this way? Well, because I'm coming off a long injury, a stress injury in the left knee, and this modality, methodology, is allowing me to train and heal at the same time. So my goal in this training cycle is not a time or distance goal. I mean, it is, but really my goal is to get to a starting line healthy. And since it's a Galloway-based plan, we have to talk about walking, running and walking. So I started out this plan with the bare minimum of running because I was frankly terrified of how my knee would respond. Every time I tried to start running again, my knee would flare up. So that bare minimum is and was a 30-second run, 30-second walk. And let me tell you, my friends... If you think you're at rock bottom and you can't do anything and you're afraid to start your running practice again, that 30-30 is the way to go. You cannot get hurt. You cannot get tired. You can't get sore. Nothing. 30-30, easy peasy. And you can still get the effort in. Uh, and from there, I've started judiciously increasing the run segments. So last week, I ran my long run at a 60-second, 30-second cadence. So I doubled the run. And this week, I've been doing a 90-second, 30-second cadence, so I tripled the run. And the difference is, well, besides the obvious, is that this allows you to work your pace a bit better with the longer run intervals. It allows you to get some, some pacing in there, and it allows your heart rate to come up into the higher zone, some actual work, and it significantly lowers your pace per mile. Go figure. So I'm going to keep pushing that cadence as I progress through the training cycle to see if I can get to something like a a four-minute run with a 30-second break, which would be pretty good. That's pretty solid. And based on my calculations, believe it or not, that would make somewhere around a sub-four-hour marathon possible for me. Um, I also ran a test mile at the track a couple weeks ago, and I think I came in right around an eight-minute mile. And I can work with that. As I change age groups this year, I only need a three-hour and 50-minute marathon to requalify if I want to requalify, which is an eight-minute and 45-second minute per mile average in the marathon. It's actually more than that. It's an 846, but heck, we'll throw, call it an 845, right? Make the math easy. And if I add this data to the sort of flashes of confidence that I'm getting in my workouts, I'm feeling, like I said, quite positive that I'll be able to do something good with my fitness in this next season. And the world is my oyster, as they say. Well, my friends, we have our old friend Billy Shakespeare to thank for that little nugget. 
It's a dialogue in the Merry Wives of Windsor, which I, I have read, I think. And the, the quote is, The world is mine oyster, and I shall open it with my sword. But the modern usage is that when you have a nice fresh oyster, you can open it up, and maybe there's a pearl in there. Right? You don't know. It's a fresh beginning. So the world is your oyster. Simply means it's like an unopened gift full of potential waiting to be found. And very apropos for this time of year. We were speaking of the Boston Marathon. I'm going to skip the race this year. Uh, I'm out of qualification, and I'd have to commit to an eight to $10,000 charity raise for a waiver bib, and I don't want to do that. I've got enough going on that I choose not to add a full-time fundraising job to my life right now. But also, I need a change. I think it's a mentally healthy decision for me to take a break. So instead, I'm going to take this training cycle and run a travel race somewhere, April and May, pick a race, and run it someplace cool. I have been training with Ollie. I take Ollie out on these runs with me. He's still a nut job. I have to keep him on the leash, and it's a work in progress. And I like to think he's getting better. The training is taking hold. But it's more likely that he's just waiting for me to get exhausted and give up. Uh, we, Ollie and I, went out and did a slow five-and-a-half-miler with my old running buddies this morning in the rain, and the knee still feels pretty good. No walk breaks. Just well, I mean, we took a couple walk breaks, but not a, a run-walk thing, just me and my old buddies out running slow. Uh, knee felt pretty good. So now that we're out of the holidays, looking at the new year, I feel positive. Positive that there is lots of opportunity for learning and growth and adventure in this new year, and that the world... This new year is my oyster. So now let's talk about planning this next year coming up. And I'm purposely not using the wor words like goals or resolutions because those topics have been done to death and they've ceased to be a topic and they've turned into more of a meme. So I do think the new year is a great time to reassess, maybe readjust, and maybe even change direction, because you have that built-in downtime and introspection with a sweet dose of family and spirituality thrown in there that breaks your workaday pattern and allows you a free peep outside your box, maybe. So I'm not going to be proscriptive. I'm going to give you some things to think about, some ammunition, some fodder, some raw materials, the kindling of thought, as you build your beacon fire on the shores of your future, on the shores of this new year. First, this is no normal end-of-year change. This is a unique situation where we are all a bit emotionally and psychologically whiplashed by the ongoing apocalypse, the pandemic. And we thought we were at the end of it and things were getting better, but a whomp. We're back into the thick of the plague days again. And what this does to you psychologically is to create this gap in your expectations, this whiplash. And not just for you, but for everybody. So you get this cultural shockwave, this existential, oh shit, here we go again, just as people were beginning to stretch out and breathe a little. For the introverted among us, this will cause you to want to hide. Your reaction will be to crawl under the covers and wrap the pillow around your head. For the action-oriented among us, this is going to cause your flight or fight to get kicked into high gear. 
And in all cases, when you mix this psychological stewiness in with your new year planning, you might overcorrect. So be careful to think hard about whether you are making the change that is right for you, or if, like the rest of us, you are making decisions and plans based on the current state of weirdness we are all in. And ask yourself simple questions like, if there was not a pandemic, would I be making this same decision? And again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm asking you to think, to consider, to not let the current state overwhelm the future state. And the second question I've advised people to ask during these planning processes is, are you doing this because you think you should? Meaning, is this really your decision? Or are you taking actions based on what you think other people think is the right thing to do? So what's an example? For instance, you may be looking at a new job because the experts say it's the next step in your career path or your friends say you should do something different or your spouse says you should change. But who are they to tell you what is your career path or what you should do? I see people stuck in patterns where they go along with the next thing because that's what they're supposed to do. And along with this, making sure it's your idea and not somebody else's, is the concept of removing the either-or facet from the decision. Decisions get wrapped in stress because we see them as either-or decisions. There are really no either-or decisions. All choices are good choices. And there's really no good or bad. There's just choices. And you're choosing one among many. And the reason I bring this up is because people burn up so much energy trying to find the perfect solution. You can take that energy and retask it to make any of your potential decisions a good one. Give yourself a break. Let yourself make a decision or a change or a plan knowing that it isn't perfect, knowing that nothing is. You make it perfect with your nurturing. It's okay. And finally, in the end, success is not being the smartest or the best or the most perfect. It is exactly the opposite. Success is trying things that are hard, knowing that you're probably going to fail. It's about failing and learning and failing and learning and laughing your way through it all to evolve into whatever magical beast you were meant to be. And with that, my friends... Happy New Year, 2022, and I'll see you out there. And then he thought that he just couldn't die. So Ned, he laughed so hard it made him cry.